Welcome to the My Gastric Sleeve Podcast with your host, Nima Karazi. Nima is just a regular guy who had the gastric sleeve surgery, and this is his story. He is not a doctor. This podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have medical questions, ask your doctor. Now let's get into it. Welcome to the My Gastric Sleeve Podcast. I'm your host, Nima Karazi. This is my journey. Today, we have a special guest with us. We have Anna from Germany. Hi, Anna. Hi, Nima. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on the podcast, and I feel so honored to be your guest today. Thank you. Oh, that's very sweet. Thanks so much. Yeah, I so Anna uh, and I connected online. And she was listening to the podcast and, and uh, she said that she was, um, I don't know, I, I mildly motivated, somewhat uh, positive <laughs> reaction to it. And I was like, this is great. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's get an interview in there and, and talk about some of the stuff that, that you're dealing with. Because obviously, as a man, I deal with a lot of different things weight wise as, as a woman does. And, and I'm really curious about like the Germany versus America experience in the whole process of it all. So I kind of want to go over like a few things like the stigma a little bit. I want to go over weight and like years in the past and kind of your struggle and your journey yourself. I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of, therapy and and the, the mentality of it all and um and then i also want to talk a little bit about the requirements out there because i want to compare them to mine and see kind of how that works that sounds awesome why don't you start and tell me a little bit about your uh your your journey yourself tell me about like from childhood to now kind of where you at I'd love to. Thank you, Nima. Um, yeah, first of all, I'd like to start um, with saying I'm very excited to be on your podcast. Um, this is a first for me. So, um, yeah, it's a very exciting experience. And I'm looking forward to this. Um, yeah, I'm as I uh, you said, thank you. I'm from Germany. So English is not my mother language. Um, I might experience some troubles. So bear with me <laughs> if I'm searching for words. Um, I don't speak English very often. I listen to it a lot, but uh, for instance, in your podcast, but I don't speak it very often. So bear with me, please. <laughs> of course, of course. You're, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm 30 years, uh, 38 years old. Oh my God, I made myself so much younger there. <laughs> 38, I'm 38. Um, I live in northern Germany with my boyfriend and my two cats, two tuxedo cats. Um, one of them might turn up in the podcast later on. Um, yeah, I've been overweight basically all my life. I can't remember a time when I haven't been. I've been the heaviest kid on the playground in kindergarten. Um, I've been the heaviest kid on playground in grammar school. Um, at the age of like 13 or 14, I don't remember exactly, I uh, left Wonderland. Um, I weighed over 200 pounds already, and I never came back to Wonderland. Um, and that's my big goal, <laughs> to come back to Wonderland one day. Mm -hmm. 
what is exactly Wonderland? Um, to come back to the, uh, the uh, under 200 pounds, when the number on the scale is one and <laughs> continuous. <laughs> so Wonderland what? with uh, O-N-E. Yeah, it's Wonder. Oh my God, Anna, I love this so much. Wonderland. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of of Wonderland. I that's my dream, <laughs> dream of dreams is to get in the just one ninety nine and a half. I'm good with that. I'd just be happy there. That would be perfect, right? It would look so awesome on the scale, and there's a one in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that for quite a while, as you can imagine. Um, like I said, I was 13, 14 years old. About that time, I left Wonderland and I've been in the 200s and 300s ever since. Um, during puberty, I gained a lot of weight um, and I think I was at about uh, 270 pounds when I left for college. My highest was um, 355, I guess. Um, and I started weight loss journeys all over again. I, I had always, have always been, I, I mean, my weight has been a problem for me. I, I, I've never been satisfied with the weight. I, uh, always tried to lose weight ever since uh, my teens. I tried to lose weight. I tried Weight Watchers. I tried um, counting calories. I tried, I guess, every diet that, diet there is. <laughs> and I lost a couple pounds. I gained a couple more pounds back usually. Um, yeah, and then I tried the next diet. I, I lost a couple pounds. I gained more of them back. And like I said, my highest weight was about um, 355 pounds. I'm now at 313 pounds, more or less. Um, yeah, and I, for the first time in my life, I'm seriously considering weight loss surgery, although um, doctors have considered it or advised it a couple of times um, for the last 17 years. <laughs> and I've always denied weight loss surgery. I've always said no. 17 years. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I had I've been a heavy child. I've been a heavy teen. I've been a heavy young adult. Um, so I've never been normal. Uh, I've never been uh, what you would consider a normal weight. Um, and uh, so my doctors have advised me to consider weight loss surgery quite often. Every time I uh, switch doctors, which I have. Uh, multiple times due to moving to other places. Yeah, they advised weight loss surgery and I have always said, no, 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 no. I don't want it. I don't need it. I can do it on my own. Um, I had a lot of, um, I had a stigma in my head. A lot of things I, I thought I knew about weight loss surgery and I didn't. Now I know I didn't. Um, yeah. And I said, I, I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't need it. I can do it on my own. And um, now for the fir very first time ever, my newest doctor um, was the first doctor who hasn't considered weight loss surgery. She said, no, uh, she has said nothing about weight loss surgery. So I, for the first time in my life, um, the thought about weight loss surgery had, uh, 
the opportunity to spark on its own in my head. And that's an amazing experience already. So I'm in the middle of that journey of um, collecting information, listening to podcasts like yours, and just um, preparing basically for the journey of weight loss surgery. That's amazing. I, I love the idea that for 17 years, off and on, doctors have given you, and, and listen, I consider myself a fat person, and, and I always say, as a fat person, I know so much about weight loss, not only because I've lost so much weight in my lifetime, like I've lost all the weight, you know, um, but not only am I really well versed in weight loss, like idea, ideologies and, and, and processes, but also I, I know myself really well and I know what's going to work for me and what's not going to work for me and how my body's going to react to something and what, you know, what's been successful, what's, you know, kind of failed me. And at the end of the day, it's me. It's all me. It has to boil down to my decision, my moving forward, my, uh, my conviction. And if that's not there, it doesn't matter how many people care about you, how many people reach out to you, and how many people say like, oh, you know, Nima, I really wish you'd lose a little bit more weight or, you know, you try to not do this. Unless I want it, it's not going to happen. So you said something to me the last time we spoke that I thought was so beautiful. You said or mentioned that you went from saying no to just saying maybe instead of yes, just maybe. And then hearing them out. What, what was the, what was the impetus? What was the thing that changed that for you mentality wise? Well, for one thing, no one, no one pressured me into this decision. That was a big deal for me. I'm, I'm very stubborn. I'm a very stubborn person. If you say, Anna, you have to do this. I will say no. <laughs> um, so my uh, current doctor did everything right. She didn't say, Anna, you have to do this. You, I strongly advise you to take the surgery or to do the surgery. Um, she said, well, it's one opportunity among, um, among many opportunities. Um, so for the first time ever, it was my decision and my decision only to open a door that I have always, um, been struggling to keep shut. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think that was the biggest point that it is my decision. I, like I said, I'm a very, very stubborn person and, um, it had to be my decision <laughs> and my decision only to, um, yeah, explore the possibilities of weight loss surgery. And I do have a couple of um, people in my life who had gastric bypass, who had a, and, uh, gastric bypass surgeries. And um, I think that was another trigger for me. So their uh, positive experiences with gastric bypass surgery um, made me consider, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it is a possibility for me. And um, after um, the latest uh, positive review 
I'd like to say about uh, gastric bypass surgery, I thought, well, maybe I can at least um, check mm -hmm. out the possibilities, learn more about um, gastric bypass, sleeve surgery, all the opportunities, um, the bariatric surgery. Um, maybe I can just read a little, um, check out what YouTube has to offer on this and um, what kind of podcasts are there on gastric bypass and um, bariatric surgery on the whole. So I just read a lot. I uh, listened to podcasts like yours um, just to find out more about this whole topic of bariatric surgery. And um, yeah. It, it opened a door and I feel like I'm standing in the middle of a room now. Um, the door behind is right behind me. I can close it anytime I want to. I can go back. I can say, no, I don't want um, gastric surgery. But I can also um, take a few steps forward into the room and explore some more. Find out more. Take more steps to uh, the, uh, along this path and just uh, find out whether this is the way for me or not. And the thing that helped the most are uh, um, hearing those stories of people like you and other podcasters who tell me their real life stories about what it's like to have bariatric surgery. Yeah, I, I'm so impressed with that. I, you have these amazing metaphors in life. And I just, I love that so much about you. And we're going to, we're going to get to the Schweinhund in a minute. <laughs> uh, so listeners get ready for that. That's a really good one. But the, the beauty, the first thing you said to me was that you, you went from no to maybe, which I thought was just so perfect. And then the next thing right now, what you just said, which I, I, I love, I love, metaphors i love idioms i love all these fun little ways of like describing i talk with my hands a lot so like for me i'm a very visual person so if you're talking to me on the phone i'm still doing the hand gestures you just can't see them <laughs> but talking about it like a door like i totally imagine like living in a house with one door that's labeled wls for weight loss surgery And then every now and again, a guest comes into your house and says, do you want to go open that door and see what's behind it? And you're just like, no, I have seven locks on that door. I'm not opening it for anybody. No way. And then eventually you're like, let's just see what's on the other side of the door. And we can always go back into our safe house, but let's just go inside. And, and like you said, like, I can always take two steps back and say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to wait. No, no rush. No big deal. And instead, you're like, you know, let's explore a little bit. Let's take a couple steps. Let's figure out. There's When you open that door, there's like 15 other doors inside that door, right? <laughs> there's like the therapy door. There's a stigma door. There's, you know, all these other things that you also have to open and, and go and look into and figure all that out. But it's just this beautiful idea or thought of like, here's this thing that I've been so negative towards And I'm finally gonna give it a, just listen to it. That's all. I'm not saying yes all the way, but I, I, I'm gonna listen and see what happens. I love that. I think that's so great. That's so beautiful. Um, I, I want to make a, a suggestion before we move on to the <laughs> next topic, but 
I really think that if you don't do a podcast, you should at least do a vlog, like a video log. Yeah. And put it on YouTube of your journey as well. Because you don't give yourself enough credit for the level of English that you speak. I mean, it's a very European thing of you to be like, oh, I don't really speak English that well. It's like your fifth language. Like, give yourself a break. You're fine. You speak better English than half of my friends. So you're in good company. Don't worry about that. But I really think like you have such a great demeanor and you have such a good like character and you're like fun and you're forward thinking. I think you could be a real big inspiration to a lot more people to go out there and just kind of, I mean, it's, you know, you have to kind of put yourself out there and be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's it called when you're, you can, when you can be attacked, what's that called? You're, well, you're vulnerable. <laughs> See, your English is better than mine. <laughs> you're vulnerable. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Jesus. We got there. We got there. So anyway, I think you, you should totally do that. And if you do, I would, I would be a subscriber and I would, I would love to watch that. So, so keep us posted on that for sure. Now let's talk a little bit about not, okay. So you, you said to me in our, in our phone call before this, um, that you're not always kind to yourself. You've not always been kind to yourself and it's difficult to ask for help. And then you mentioned the Sveinhund. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I do have quite the history of mental health and of being uh, of of a mental health journey. Let's say it like that. Um, my uh, my journey started about um, two years ago. I suffered from a major depression. I went to a clinic. Um, I had to stay at that clinic for around about three or four months. I forgot actually, um, and I um, oh, wow. I, I'm so much better now. Um, I um, I have been in psychotherapy ever since, which has been a blessing. Um, in in Germany or in Europe, I think in general, um, there's a big big stigma on psychotherapy. We don't do that kind of stuff. I think in America it's different. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, in Germany we like to. Um, yeah, only the mad people do psychotherapy, and um, so <laughs> there's been a there's a big stigma um, of needing mental health, and it's it's all bullshit. So you know, let's let's be clear on that. It's all bullshit. But um, it took me a long way to seek help, to ask for help, and to go to my doctor and say, I think I'm I'm not well. I think I, I do um, suffer from depression. I feel um, exhausted all the time. I don't get out of bed. I, I, I don't meet my friends. I, and I'm not, I'm actually, I'm, I'm eating a lot. So I think I need help. That was a very big step for myself. And that is typical German behavior. <laughs> um, and after that, um, stay after staying in the clinic and after... Um, uh, uh, during my journey in psychotherapy, I realized that I haven't been 
kind and nice to myself my entire life. Um, I'm I'm my worst critic. I'm um, I'm always talking to myself in a very um, bad way, and every and each time I, I failed losing weight, each time I failed in a new diet, um, I thought it was my fault. And I said, I said to myself, well, Anna, you messed up again. You lazy sloth messed up again. Of course you failed, failed that. Um, <laughs> you're a failure in life in general. Um, and psychotherapy um, sessions made me realize that I talk to myself that way um, and help me realize that I do have a problem asking for help. I always want to um, deal with problems on my own and my weight is a problem. And I have tried so many things over the years to deal with my weight. And um, so many doctors, as I explained, have offered help. So many doctors have said, well... <laughs> There is this one tool that can help. Um, maybe you should take a look at it. And I just said, no, thank you. I can do it on my own. Um, and each time I failed, I, I thought it was my fault entirely. And it's only because I'm the worst person ever. I'm a lazy sloth. I'm, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just the mad person uh, who's overeating all the time. And um, yeah, it's only my fault. And uh, I don't deserve help. I don't deserve being um, slim. I don't deserve wow. being healthy. So there was there were big issues involved. Um, and I'm still in the middle of that journey. Um, I do still have like one or two years therapy ahead of me, but I'm getting there. And I, um, I realized that I, I can ask for help. It's a big step for me still. <laughs> but um, this whole um, journey of discovering the room behind the WLS door <laughs> is part of that journey. Part of that mm -hmm. journey accepting help, uh, help, part of that journey um, accepting that there are tools that can help me, that I don't have to choose the hard way. Um, don't get me wrong. I know that weight loss journey, uh, weight loss surgery is not the easy way out. That's totally not what I mean. Not at all. Um, but um, it is a tool that I can use and that I'm allowed to use. And that is uh, something completely new for me, that I accept that I do deserve to be healthy, that I um, deserve to get slimmer, and that I deserve to be considered for weight loss surgery. That is something completely new for me. I love that. It's a journey to self-love. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, I don't love myself. I can't say that I do, um, but I'm accepting who I am. And that is a really big step on the journey to self-love. And yeah. um, thinking that I, yes, Anna, you deserve weight loss surgery is such a big step. And I'm excited that I can say that now. You deserve that opportunity. You're worth that opportunity. That is so great. That's brilliant. That's so lovely. I, I love hearing that from you. And I definitely think, yeah, de I mean, 
self love is something I I personally uh, didn't ever really struggle with. I love myself so much, uh, probably too much. Like some people have um, like a visual, <laughs> like a mental problem where they like they see themselves in a different way. Like like a skinny person might see themselves as as obese. And so they have like this, um, this like visual issue. I've always seen myself the opposite way. Like when I see a picture of myself fat, like when I was like 400 pounds and I saw a picture of myself, I was like, Jesus Christ, I look like that. Like, I don't think I look like, I still thought I looked like the way I did in high school. Like I thought I weighed like 200 pounds. I know the scale says something different, but I was like in my head, mentally, visually, I looked different. So I always... (laughs) was like self-love like no problem i'm the best but like deserve when i the the one thing they they drill over and over and over into our heads in uh like you before we have the surgery here in the states uh you have to take these courses and you have to do certain amount of uh therapy and all this other stuff and one of the things they really repeat ad nauseum over and over again is uh it's just a tool it's not the easy way and i i totally get that i 100 percent agree it is a tool it's not the easy way this is a very difficult way of losing weight it's a lifelong thing of losing weight you're constantly gonna have to think about your liquid intake versus your your uh food intake i just had brunch with a friend of mine yesterday and He's drinking water and then he's having a bite of fruit and then he's drinking his coffee and then he's having a bite of his sandwich. And I'm like, I have to wait 30 minutes between liquids and solids. So I can't drink water when the like this is the biggest issue with me at restaurants is that it's not even the ordering because I order like a normal person. I just take the leftovers home with me. It's when the server comes by and goes can I get you something to drink? And everyone's like, Oh, I'll have a drink or water. And then they go, and you, and I go, I'm good. You sure you don't want anything? Like it's the most surprising thing in the world. Like I, I think maybe I can bring a bottle of water, like my own bottle of water and just put that on the table. Like I'm I have my own drink. I'm fine. But I don't, it's the, it's the weirdest thing. It is the absolute weirdest thing that I have to deal with. But this is a thing that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. Like my uncle was asking me like, how long do you have to do the water food 30 minute thing? I'm like forever. And he's like, how long is forever? And I'm like, Oh, forever is like until I die. That's what forever is. Like, it's not like, that's it. It's not like for like, I didn't mean it ironically. Like forever is like six months. I meant forever. Like the day you, the day before you bury me is the day I can stop. That's what happens. But that's the th- that's the thing with it is like that's a sacrifice I'm willing to t- to take and there was a question I used to tell people all the time when I was way fatter I still consider myself fat so I don't I don't say when I was fat when I was fat ter people used to say aren't don't you hate being fat or don't you want to be skinny or don't you want this or don't you want that that's the wrong question because the more you I'm just like you on I'm stubborn as shit. And if you tell me I have to do something, f- even if I think I want to do it, fuck you, I'm not going to do it. Out of spite, I'm not going to do it. 
even if I want to do it now, I'll do it behind your back. I won't do it. I won't tell you I ever did it. So I'm so stubborn and so spiteful. But if someone asked me, like, don't you want to be skinny? No, I'm happy exactly where I am. Aren't you happy exactly where I am? But the right question is this. If you could snap your fingers and lose 10 pounds, how many times would you snap your fingers? That's not a question of your right. (laughs) That's not a question of your personality. That's not a question of your every almost everybody i know wants to lose like five to ten pounds at any given time my mother is a size double zero and she's like i can't lose five extra pounds yeah i get it i get it for her that's her whole life is trying to figure out how to how to lose five pounds that's fine everyone wants to lose weight it doesn't mean i'm not happy where i'm at but i would be healthier i would be happier i would feel better If I weighed less and I took this pressure off of my knees, off of my back, off of my shoulders, I could sleep better. I could eat better. I could exercise. All that shit. That's the question. That's the stigma that needs to be addressed, right? Is that it's not that you failed. It's not that there's – that you're depressed. It's not that like it's your fault. Granted – the vast majority of it is your decision. It's my decision to eat all the food that I ate. But what is the underlying reason for that? Is it depression? That's a disease. You don't you don't talk shit to someone who has cancer. You're not like, fuck you, man. Feel better. That's not a thing. You just go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Are you getting treatment for that? When someone's depressed, most people's reaction is like, just get out there and have fun. You should be like, no, man, I'm so sorry. Are you getting treatment for that? How are you getting treated? For- How can I help you with that? This is a thing that's not really talked about in our society, and especially in American society. And you're right. Again, nailed, the, nailed it on the head, Anna. In America, therapy is like driving a convertible. Like everyone wants to have it. Even if you don't necessarily go to therapy, you might lie about going to therapy just to get people off your back about it. <laughs> like I have friends that don't see a shrink. And when someone talks about therapy, they're like, oh, yeah, I go to therapists all the time. No, you don't. I know you don't. But you say that so that people aren't like, oh, my God, that's what you're doing? You should see a therapist. Oh, I see a therapist. My therapist said this is okay. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Like it, it just becomes like a pair of shoes out here. Like everyone just has at least one, but it's terrible that there's like a negative connotation to it in any light, in anything. And this is a thing like older generations, especially Middle Eastern people, like in my family, it's a thing that's just kind of not looked positively upon. And that's something that I hope changes over time. But you are the innovator. You are the person, like, imagine what you're doing for yourself, right? You're seeing a therapist and you're getting better. You checked yourself into a mental health facility. That's fucking amazing. Do you know the, <laughs> the, 
the level of self-awareness it takes to go, oh shit, I'm in a really bad place and I might hurt myself or others. So I'm going to go ahead. We have a term for this, by the way, in the States. It's called 5150. Why? 5150 is the code for someone who might harm. It's the police code for someone who might harm themselves or others. And they can put them in a mental health facility for three days uh, against their will even. So your family could put you in at a 5150. And then if you're really bad, they up it to a 5250 and then they can hold you for weeks. But for you to go and 5150 yourself, I've never even heard of that. I don't know a single person in my life who's been like, I'm in a really terrible spot right now. I need help and check yourself in. That's fucking amazing. That's amazing. If you were an alcoholic and you check yourself in a rehab without having 10 people sitting on your couch to do a, a, a an intervention, that's incredible for you. Like you're breaking all these stereotypes on I'm so fucking proud of you, man. You're, you're killing it. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you, Nima. Thank you. I'm. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, the good part about um, checking yourself into a mental health institution here is that you can walk away from it anytime you want. Um, <laughs> we do have <laughs> we do have that rule with a three days as well, and um, with the few weeks, if you're uh, in a really bad place that you need to stay longer, if a doctor or the police have to check you into the mental health institution, you have to stay longer um but if you do check yourself in you can go anytime you want so um that that was also quite smart of me <laughs> um, so it was more of a self-preservation thing in that moment i mean I, I wasn't maybe but i um i wasn't in the darkest place i could ever imagine so um i went early if I could ever say so um, I went when I yeah. felt like I needed help right now I need help now um, and my doctor won't listen to me I um, went to my doctor half a year before I went into the uh, mental health facility I said to my doctor that I do have a problem I think I'm suffering from depression and he said to me I don't think so <laughs> um, and he did nothing. He sent me away. He sent me home. And um, uh, half a year later, I still didn't feel any better. So I checked myself in. I felt left alone um, from our health system. I had a bad doctor. That that wasn't a very good doctor. I so I switched doctors again. Um, he had he had no real um, feeling for mental health issue, issues. So. Um, I'm in a good place now and with a good doctor now. Um, yeah, but I think so too, Nima. Uh, there is a big stigma, especially in in Germany. It, uh, it is your fault. It is considered your fault if you have mental problems. Um, and it's not only frowned upon if you have mental health issues. Um, you should shame you should be ashamed of yourself if you have um i remember a time oh, no. when i interviewed for my current job um my boss asked me are you ill a lot do you stay away from work a lot because of illness and that was i had that interview when i was recovering from my depression 
So I lied on the job interview. So please don't tell. Um, but I know that if had I had I spoken the truth, had I said, yeah, I have suffered from depression. I have grown from it. Um, I have now a better understanding about my health, about my mental health, about me and uh, the the mental health of others. And I think that makes me a good colleague, a good team leader. I wouldn't have gotten the job that I have. And that is sad. That is very sad. Um, so I, th I, I really hope that we'll get there someday where you can speak openly about um, suffering from a mental health issue. Yeah. That is so amazing. I just, I'm constantly, I, I know I, I talk a lot, but like mentally I'm speechless as to the things that you're talking about. It's, it's just incredible what you've been through. Just, it's, it's it really, it's amazing. Okay. So, there is uh, one more thing I want to talk about before I get to like the dessert uh, topic of conversation that uh, I'm very excited about. But the requirements in Germany for the surgery, the weight loss surgery, you were talking about therapy and proof of exercise and dietitians and stuff. Talk to me a little bit about that. That sounds very interesting to me. Um, yeah. Um to get a, to be um, even considered uh, for a weight loss surgery, you have to meet um, a few, what's it called? Um, you have to prove uh, requirements. requirements. Thank you. Yeah, you have to meet a few requirements. And um, I think there, there's not so much of a difference between the U.S. and Germany, but there are um, maybe a few differences. First of all, um, the health system in Germany is a bit different. So we all, everyone in uh, in Germany has insurance. Um, so uh, uh, <laughs> um, the requirements are the same for every person in Germany, um, uh, no matter what insurance I have, because there is a global uh, uh, um um, and uh, the uh, requirements are the same for every insurance company all over Germany. Um, you have to meet a, a certain BMI for a start. So, I mean, that's uh, logical. You only get mm -hmm. considered for weight loss surgery if you hit a certain weight. Um, and your BMI, so that's like your body mass index, has to be over 40. Um uh, that mean uh, so you have to uh, they consider your height and your weight um in relation somehow um that works with uh, not with pounds but with kilograms i think i don't think you can um get your bmi with pounds mm -hmm. yeah and your bmi has to be over 40 so um my bmi is about 45 46 i, I guess um and if that is the case, if your BMI is high enough, you have to prepare for uh, an appointment at a um, at the uh, clinic, and that takes about six months of preparation. They advise you to get um, six months of um, 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 appointments with a dietitian. Uh, like nutrition counseling, you have to have six appointments over six months' time um, with a registered dietitian. 
dietitian and you have to meet with a psychiatrist who has to approve you for surgery. They have to make sure you do that for the right reasons um, and only for yourself, not for anyone else. Um, you have you are advised to meet with a psychologist or have a, a psychotherapy um, because we, you know, who would know better than you that um, uh, this whole journey um, before and also after weight loss surgery um, is a big mental journey. Um, and it's always good to have mental health, um, uh, to have uh, help um, in during that journey and someone to talk to during that journey. Um, and... The last thing is that you have to prove to your um, uh, insurance company that you um, get a lot of exercise in. You should exercise two hours or more um, each week for at least six months. Um, and uh, you, sh you can, you wow. can um, do that um, by joining a gym or um, booking uh, courses somewhere, or um, just if you if you can't do that, I mean um, the the range is very wide. If we say that um, in Germany you get weight loss surgery with an um, BMI with a BMI over forty, there are a lot of people who have a BMI over sixty and, and higher. Um, and you might not be able to visit a gym or go to a, um, a swim class or something. Um, not alone because of your physical being, but <laughs> because yeah. that is so hard. It's it's so hard to walk into a gym as a fat person and work out between all those slim girls and um, oh, yeah. lean men. Um, so you can also document um, home workouts, but you have to document it over the course of uh, six months. And if you do that, if, um, if you have these six months documented, you go to your um, clinic who, does, uh, who would do the surgery, make an appointment there with a bariatric nurse and the surgeon, and they um, advise you which, um, which, which surgery would be uh, best for you. The gastric bypass is the um, most... Uh, is, is the most famous one in Germany. We don't do the sleeve so much here in Germany, um, which I think is very sad. Uh, I, I favor the sleeve. Um, <laughs> but the clinic I'm, I'm going to book an appointment at, um, they, are, they are doing the sleeve. So I, I have my clinic. I, I looked um, up different clinics here in the area, and I found the clinic that I would like to um, make an appointment with when my six months are over. I'm only at the beginning um, I've had a few appointments with a registered dietitian. Um, um, I, I'm in psychotherapy for two years now, as I've mentioned, and um, I'm documenting my, um, my exercise because I do have a smartwatch. So that, that is a coincidence. I can document my exercise for the last year or two if I want to. Um, so that won't be a problem. Yeah, and I'm, I'm basically in the middle of this uh, 
hard, uh, these six months of preparation to get an appointment at the weight loss clinic. And if um, those six months are over and the doctors at the clinic and the bariatric, bariatric nurse, if they say, well, Anna, we think this is the right thing for you, your psychiatrist um, approves this, um, mm -hmm. and you've made a gastroscopy, I think it is called. You have to check that your stomach is okay, that there's no, okay. I think it's called a gastroscopy, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, Uh, you have to check that there are no um, no physical reasons um, that you are overweight. You have to meet with a uh, with an andro andro I don't know. You have to check your hormones. I can't pronounce it. Um, you have to meet a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's endocrinologist, but I don't. I have no idea. It sounded right. It sounded right. Um, so you have to check all that and um, make sure that uh, there is no physical reason for your obesity. And then the clinic uh, gives you the go. Um, you can go to your insurance company and say, yeah, I, I've done all that. Um, I've proven to you that I can um, lose some weight over these last six few months. I've, I've proven to you that I'm willing, I'm, I'm really willing to do that. Um, I've, um, I've uh, changed my diet over the last six months. I've learned a lot over the last six months. I've learned a lot about myself. Um, I, so I know I've, I've, I'm really committed to this surgery and they will hopefully give you the go and um, yeah, approve your uh, surgery. And if that is so, you don't have to pay a thing for that. So that is quite cool. That's lovely. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's um, it's one of those things that um, here you have to take these 12 classes that are like, I think they're, every other week or every, I think they're every week. So it's like, it ends up being like three months of classes that you take that walks you through the mental state. And it also walks you through the physical, like foods you're going to be able to eat and the different stages of foods and, and all that stuff. And what happens post surgery, which is really nice. And there's a nutritionist and a therapist and, and all that. But Some people have this concern because like we also have that BMI thing here where it's like you have to be at like 40 BMI to have the surgery. Some people are having the surgery and they're at like 42 and through exercise and diet and preparing for the surgery, they get down to like a 39 BMI and they're like, is my insurance going to kill like kill the surgery and say you can't get it now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because you started at that level and you showed that you are being successful. This is even more advantageous. And I'll say this. I'm very happy that you're getting this sleeve or thinking about considering getting this sleeve. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But I will say this is the thing. The reason why I got the sleeve and not the Ruin Y surgery is because I can always upgrade to the Ruin Y. If you do the bypass surgery you cannot go back down to the sleeve. So the bypass surgery is like dead end, no turning around. That is it. There's nothing beyond this. You're it. That's it. Donezo. End credits. Roll. And 
that's too much for me. I needed there to be something beyond this. Like, if you have the sleeve surgery and you have really bad acid reflux, here they require you to then get the Ruin White because then you won't have that issue any longer. So that's a thing that, like, you can always upgrade to that, which is the reason why Kaiser in the States has stopped doing lap band surgeries altogether because so many people that did lap band surgery then lost as much weight as they could, like 80 pounds, and then they were like, well, shit, now I want to lose another 50 pounds. Let me upgrade to the sleeve. So now Kaiser's like, we're just going to start at sleeve and see how that goes. Mm. So that was the the reason. And I'm glad they took that option off the table for me because I may have done the lap band just to kind of ease myself into it. Me too, definitely. But I'm very happy having done the sleeve. But I don't think I would ever do the Ruin Y. I, I mean, if, if it was like a medical reason, I would. But like, it's just too much, man. And the dumping syndrome is so real there. Like, it's scary. It's just really scary. That's one thing for me too. Um, that uh, I, one reason why I haven't considered weight loss surgery so far is um, because in in Germany the gastric bypass is so famous, and um, we're just starting on um, doing the sleeve around here. Um, and I've I, I know. <laughs> quite a few people who had the gastric bypass and I'm so fucking scared of the dumping uh, of getting dumping syndrome um, and the like you said it it's it's and it, credits <laughs> that is scary that is scary and I have thought about um, lap band as well but our insurances here they don't cover the cost as well you have to pay the lap band yourself uh, the clinics still do that but you have to um, take the costs all your for yourself because um as you said it most patients don't succeed with this um in the long term they need an um another surgery after the lab band they had to remove the lab band and um ended up with gastric bypass or the sleeve afterwards so our insurances don't cover that yeah, I like the idea of the sleeve too. I mean, obviously, and and it's really interesting. One one more thing before we get to the final topic. Now, uh, the I just talked to my nutritionist two days ago, at this new nutritionist uh, over at Facey Medical, and I was talking to shout out to Dr. Nina Young. So I was talking to her, and I was like, yeah, you know, I I've had a little bit of sugar, and I haven't had any dumping syndrome, and I've had some breads and I haven't had dumping syndrome and I had some carbs and I haven't had dumping syndrome. And she was like, yeah, man, you had the sleeve. You're not going to get dumping syndrome. I'm like, but you, uh, but I've, I felt like I was going to vomit before. And she was like, yeah, if you have like really oily saturated foods, it might not sit well in, in your stomach, especially if like you've had a bunch of liquids in the morning and you haven't had anything solid, but ultimately you're really not going to get it. And I still haven't wrapped my head around it. I'm, I think I'm going to have to end up doing an episode just on this new fact. Um, so this is kind of a scary point for me. But for me, it's like I have to be scared into doing the right thing. I have to live off of a fear base. So I have to change my fear base from f f dumping syndrome to 
getting to 300 pounds. That's my new fear base. I don't want to get to the threes anymore. So I got to stay. That's why I think Wonderland is so perfect for me. Because if I could get to Wonderland, then my fear can be the twos. And then I could just live in constant fear of getting of of being too deep in the twos. <laughs> so Wonderland would be ideal for me. But I but I really think I really think that like the 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 fear of threes is gonna is gonna be the thing that's gonna motivate me to not have too much sugar. But I don't want to open that Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. But anyway, speaking of lazy decisions making poor decisions all this i really want to talk about the Schweinhund. um i came across this uh during a, a mud run at camp pendleton and uh a good friend of mine uh uh richie was saying to me um schnell schnell Schweinhund," and Schnell is German for hurry up or quickly. And <laughs> Schweinhund, if, if you don't speak German, you can just break down the German words and they basically sound like American English words. So like swine is pig and hund is dog. So like you're a pig dog. Uh, so I knew it, was, it wasn't it was a compliment. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah, I was just calling you uh, like a bad word in German. It's not that big of a deal. And I was like, okay, fine. And it did motivate me a little bit. But then, Anna, I spoke with you, and you explained what Schweinhund really is. So can you please educate our listeners as to what is the, the concept behind Schweinhund? <laughs> um, the Schweinhund is um, basically our inner temptation to not do something, to stay lazy, to uh, stay on the couch instead of working out, to... <laughs> Eat the chocolate instead of um, the broccoli. Um, that is our inner swine hunt, our inner temptation. Um, uh, yeah, to do the, uh, to make the bad decision, <laughs> the unhealthy decision. And I think I love, I love it. it. Yeah, it's a it's a very lovely thing to say. Um, yeah, um, it's not my fault. It was the swine hunt <laughs> who made me do it. <laughs> If I knew this at the beginning, I would have I would have labeled my podcast the Swinehund Podcast. That's what I would have called it. It's this is <laughs> a, absolutely perfect because that this is my whole life was this. My whole life was like, oh man, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to yeah, I'm going to eat this instead. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to not go for a while. It's just yeah, that that voice is so loud. And it by the way, it's still loud. I just have a louder voice that's cursing at my Schweinhund. So the, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's cowering in a corner now. So like the Schweinhund's like, what if we, and I, I like to think of the Schweinhund with a German accent. Like, what if we just stayed here, and <laughs> didn't do anything, and we just sat on the couch and we watched television? And then, and then I go, shut the fuck up, we're going for a walk. And the Schweinhund's like, okay. We can go for a walk. So, that's the worst German accent I think you may have ever heard. And I apologize to everybody, but I just, I don't get a chance to do German accents very often. So I, I'm, I'm sorry. I love it. I think it's great. It's hilarious. From now on, I'm going to imagine the swine hunt exactly like that. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw A Bug's Life, but there's this caterpillar 
and uh, he always talks like this <laughs> and he's a big caterpillar and he becomes a schmatterling. <laughs> oh look, I'm a schmatterling and he has these tiny little wings. Schmatterling in German is butterfly. So so he's like he's this big giant caterpillar and he talks like this. And I just loved it so much and I was like I think that's that's the Schweinhund voice it's got to be. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. The big fat lazy pig dog was like what? <laughs> What if we just don't do anything other than it starts sounding <laughs> totally wrong? So I don't know. I gotta work on it, but I need to. I need to put a voice to it. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna have to figure. Yeah, it please out. do that. I, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, we do love our animals <laughs> in Germany. Um, we don't only have the Schweinhund. Um, uh, I mentioned Wonderland before. In Germany, it is called Uhu which um, uh, uh, translates to eagle owl. So we're all hunting for the eagle owl in Germany and not to go to Wonderland because when you use the metric system, reaching Wonderland, uh, some would translate to getting below 100 uh, kilograms, which is uh, below 100, unter 100, Uh eagle owl. (laughs) So we're all hunting oh. for the eagle owl. Yeah. Hunting Unta for the hunde. <laughs> I love it. And see, unter sounds like under. And hundred sounds like hundred. It's just, I just really feel like I should have taken German in high school instead of French. Because I can say, je suis perdu. And like, uh, je vais aller à la plage. But that's never going to come in handy. But German, I think, would have been... Very help, helpful. <laughs> well, it's never Good too late time. for that. See, this is great. I know beer bitter. <laughs> I know how to order a beer in almost every language. That's like the one thing. Un cerveza, por favor. A beer, please. I know beer bitter. I uh, all that stuff. I know, and that's the most important thing. I think that once you learn that, then the rest of it just kind of falls into place. Well, you have to get your priorities right. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on the Swinehund and the Uhu and uh, all this other fun stuff, Anna, thank you so much. Do you want to promote anything on uh, Instagram? Anyone to follow you or you want to give a shout out to somebody? Well, I do have a very small Instagram account, so I don't think anyone really wants to follow me. Um, if you do... <laughs> You will find me at uh, No Longer Bypassing Life. And, and there's an underscore and under each word, also under life. Um, I, I've only started that account and I'm planning to document my weight loss journey um, uh, there. So follow me if you want to and we'll see where it goes. Um, if you want to find out whether I did the gastric sleeve surgery, yeah, you'll find out there. That's awesome. Well, thank you again for being a guest and thank you for being so lovely and so helpful. And uh, I wish you all the luck and I can't wait to follow your journey as well. Thank you, Nima. It has been a blast. Truly a blast. Thank you so much. It really has been. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Gastric Sleeve podcast. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, give us a five-star review, and share it with a friend. 
please follow us on all social media at My Gastric Sleeve Podcast or let us know what you think at mygastricsleevepodcast.com. 